Hello and welcome to the Low Tox Life Podcast. I'm Alex Stewart, your host, and if you can hear the party vibes in my voice, it's because it's show number 100, 100 conversations to help move us all forward in this beautiful Low Tox Life that we're all on the journey of. So, wow, hey, um, where do I start with this? Thank you so, so, so much for joining me for the show. So many of you do every single week and I just love hearing the feedback, the things that helped you have aha moments, the things that completely changed yours or your child's life by having access to that information freely. What else? Thank you for the iTunes reviews. I absolutely love and appreciate that support, sharing a little note and a five-star review. So many of you do. Wow, I, I just can't believe we're at 100 conversations. It is just nuts. And today, uh, it is a conversation with me. Please let me explain. I'm not interviewing myself because that would be really weird. But my beautiful publisher, Jane Morrow, has joined me for a conversation today. And it was Elise, uh, my amazing assistant, who had the idea that I should be interviewed for show number 100. And I wanted it to be a really real conversation and, and quite diggy, like let's get a bit deep down and things that I might not necessarily normally be asked, which... Often when I'm interviewed, it's quite specifically about how-tos and what-to-dos on leading a low-tox life. So that's when I thought, ooh, why don't I ask my publisher, Jane, to interview me? Because I really thought it would be interesting to have her take on what questions would be interesting to ask and see from her point of view why she was attracted to the idea of publishing uh, this book uh, and she really pushed me to write a book that I didn't know I had in me. I thought I was going to be doing a cookbook when I was invited for a chat at Murdoch Books and uh, a lot of us know that I've loved sharing so many recipes over the years but Jane really wanted me to define finally for once and for all in a neat little compendium what leading a low-tox life was and how we might go about doing it with a really useful guide and so I think, you know, it's it's going to be really interesting to share this conversation with you because I think it, it covers some thinking and some, some approaches and some very personal realisations that I've had along the way as to what works, what doesn't, and why this is important to us all. You know, why is this resonating with so many of us? So I hope you enjoyed that chat. Uh, and then after that chat, which is about 35 minutes... I am then going on to answer all of the questions that I possibly can. In fact, I'm getting through most of them because there were quite a few that were around similar themes based on the newsletters that we sent out uh, two and three weeks ago asking you guys if you had any specific questions for me. I thought that it'd be great for us to do this on show number 100 and get, um, get as many questions answered as possible. So I'm looking forward to sharing that excerpt with you as well after my chat with Jane. So stick around right till the end because some of the questions are fantastic around uh, all sorts of things. Gosh, everything from my business to uh, birth control. Like there is, a, there is a lot of ground covered in those um, questions. What else? Hair colour, oh, like massive overwhelm from someone just starting out, uh, negative teenage sons that they're trying to change, all sorts. So 
Um, stick around and, uh, and that'll be after my chat with Jane. And before I kick off that uh, chat, I just wanted to let you know that the book is well and truly available throughout the UK and Ireland now. Please, if you're over there, given the distance and I can't, I can't feel connected to you just yet until I come over to the UK in October, but I would love for you to share with me on Instagram at Life which bookshops you're finding it in, excerpts that you're finding interesting. I just love seeing the feedback. So please do share and that way I know which bookshops to recommend to other people in our audience. And yay, I can't believe it's available there now. For the US, it's your turn next month in September, but you can already pre-order from amazon.com. So go for it. All right, uh, we have our second and final week of the wonderful Nordic Naturals giveaway offer, um, and that is worth $144, includes their gorgeous Arctic Cod Liver Oil, 90 soft gels. You also get the Arctic Cod Liver Oil Liquid, 237ml, and the children's DHA chewables. What I love about this Arctic Cod Liver Oil in particular, it's different from fish oil in general, Cod Liver Oil, because you've got the vitamin A and D present, as well as the omega-3s. But what Nordic Naturals do is they're the only company in the world who actually controls the entire process. So from the catching of the fish to the extracting of oil to the packaging of the product. And they've painted that process to ensure, patented, sorry, not painted, that process to ensure the highest quality of oil available. And very transparent. You can ask them any questions you want. We sure asked a bunch of questions, uh, as we always do before um, partnering with anyone on the show. And they are the real deal. So obviously, fish oil is hugely important to me on my SERS recovery road, uh, chronic inflammatory response syndrome. Head back to show 55 with Sandeep Gupta if you want to know what that's all about. But uh, yeah, so I would take a fish oil, a very high strength one every day. And there are a couple of really good ones on the market. But what I love about this Arctic cod liver oil is that I have to take vitamin D as well. And I have to ensure that I get good vitamin A in my diet to protect and repair gut health that is severely damaged from um, mould exposure for those who are affected by it like I am. And so it's all in one, which is great because um, when you're at moments in your life where you are on quite extensive supplementation protocols, the less you need to take, the better. And I love that aspect of it too. So be sure to go and enter the giveaway. It's worth $144.00. All you need to do is pop a little comment in the show notes for this week or last week's show that I did with the gorgeous Tammy Kirkness on high-functioning anxiety, which was awesome. So many great ahas that people are having and, and writing in already. I'm so glad you loved that chat. So you can drop a comment on either last week's or this week's show. And if you wanted to just say, bugger it, I'm not waiting to find out who's winning the competition next week. I want to see where I can get this Arctic Cod Liver Oil. Then head to the Research Nutrition um, website link that we have in the show notes um, for the store locator. And you'll be able to find where you can get it near you. Voila. Now here is my chat with Jane. I hope you enjoy it as much as I enjoyed having it. So hello, Alex. Welcome to your own show. (laughs) 
<laughs> Thanks, Jane. It's lovely to be here with you today. <laughs> this must feel a bit strange, turning the tables on you like this, but I really wanted to interview you this time. How do you feel about that? I feel really good about it and I, I, um, I just think... You know, quite often I'm in I'm in the the control seat, I guess, and and asking all the questions. And it, show 100 was coming up, and that's when um, my gorgeous right hand lady Elise said, "Why doesn't someone interview you?" And um and then when you put your hand up, I was like, "Oh, that is perfect," because there would have been lots of questions you would have had in the lead up to us doing a book together, I'm sure. And um. And I think it's just, yeah, I'm interested. It's it's an experiment. Let's do this. It is an experiment. And this is the first time I've done it. But I'm such a um, podcast addict um, consumer myself. And I've enjoyed listening to your podcast. In fact, I discovered you through, I I first encountered you um, through your podcast because um, rather than um, through other um, media online, and it was, because I listened to it was a great podcast. I think it was Indira and I do's one. Yes. Um, and then I delved into um, other shows that you um, had made with other people that I know and love and respect, um, such as the Milkwood Guys and and many others. And that's how I ended up listening to your lovely voice and thinking, she sounds like she knows what she's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Let me do some further research. And then I discovered. That not only do you sound like you, you know, know what you're talking about and you're interested in the sorts of people that I'm interested in and the ideas that I want to publish. But um, anyway, it took me down a very interesting um, line of inquiry um, and then we met and we sort of hatched the plan for this book um, that is going gangbusters and that I'm proud to be associated with. But congratulations to you, Alex. Thank it's you so a fabulous much. Achievement. Thank you. Absolutely impossible to do without the team that you put together, though, so that really has to be said. It's a, it was an A-team. It was, yeah. Um, so to get cracking on um, interviewing you, Alex Stewart, <laughs> um, look, I actually thought to start off, right now we're in a, at a particular time um, in Australia where we're going through a bit of a wave of social change hmm. um, and I think everybody can feel it. We've been pretty crap as a nation about plastics and creating mountains of waste and all of that. Um, but we're having a bit of a moment um, and starting to talk openly and in, um, I think, fairly non-political terms about our waste problem. Whether yes, it's in- that's one of my favourite aspects of the conversation, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah so, and um, look, in no small way because of the ABC's War on Waste campaign that started, it was about this time last year, I think, mm. um, and now having another... Um, another moment as someone who has been beating the drum for years on this topic do you feel a bit um of a gigantic I told you so and (laughs) where has everybody been all these years (laughs) well look it is one of the annoying things about not being a celebrity and having these ideas because you just don't have as big a voice as you want to have around these issues but I've always been taught in um, business and life that whoever is in front of you that wants your support in helping them make a difference in whatever um, way that uh, both of those parties seek to make a difference, just work with them. And so, you know, I still remember when I first published the blog, the first few months, there was sort of like 50 to 80 to 100 tops um, views a day on the blog. And and I was just so excited that anyone was interested, frankly. And the, the beautiful organic growth that's happened over the years where there are now 70,000 of us, um, 
You know, that's a pretty good little whack of people there making a difference in their own lives, their families' lives, their communities' lives. And sure, you know, you could get bitter and go, I've been banging on about this for years. But really, at the end of the day, if we're to be small-minded enough um, to um, to think that, oh, you know, that sucks that it wasn't me breaking this news, um, that really the big picture here is change and happy change and um, and actionable steps for people to be starting to make a difference on a much bigger scale. Mm. Um, and so I couldn't give two hoots who comes to the party on that message because we're all needed, you know. The more the merrier. Mm. Yeah. Do you, how do you, um, you know, during these long droughts of uh, no action on important topics, yeah. how do yeah. you stay positive and stay, um, you know, focused on doing your bit? So, such a good question. Uh, I have sort of come to realise uh, by trial and error of keeping my own positive spirit alive because I'm such a, a positivist by nature. Um Every time something freaks me out and I think, oh, my gosh, there's just nothing we're going to be able to do to overcome this or tackle this, I always come back to circle of influence. Um, and it's kind of what I was saying before, you know, whether you've got 50 people in front of you, whether you've only got your family members in front of you, whatever your circle of influence is, that's where you can always feel empowered mm-hmm. um, and you can always feel like you can make a difference. So I always challenge people in our community who sometimes, you know, it's, it can be really overwhelming and um and especially for the empaths among us, like we really feel these issues so, so deeply. Uh, and um, and to just come back to that circle of influence, where can you make a difference today? Where can you stick up a pamphlet or volunteer for a festival or um, speak to a community group or screen a plastics documentary at your school? Or where can you actually make a difference and operate from there so you actually feel like you're doing something? Mm-hmm. Worse is to stay in paralysis mode because we don't act when we're paralysed and um, we need all of us doing something. So just come back to where we can all make a difference and and go from there. And that's how I've reconciled these huge issues in terms of my own, um, my own desire to do mm. as, as best I can for them. Mm. And, and can we just sort of go back a little bit to, um, you know, this is your 100th um, podcast episode. Um, you've just published a book um you dreamt up the term low tox life um tell tell me about how that um came to life and and is it a you know is it a bit of a buzz now to see the term widely used and talked about um all over the place it's actually quite nuts i think you know i i remember being in my living room um talking to my sister i'd brought her over because she's a tech genius and i'm so not still to this day i struggle with technology um but i had this idea for a blog because i'd been reading so much and and overcome a couple of health challenges that um took some creative holistic thinking to to overcome them and um, and had then had my gorgeous baby boy and realised then, you know, after working on the food stuff, started working on what we were putting on our skin because, of course, his perfect little untouched pure body needed only the best. Um, and, and so I was working on the body stuff. And so I, I just, I knew so much and I'm always, I've always been one of those people. I had a nickname, Dr. Alex at school. Um, where, you know, people would always come to me with everything, whether it was a, um, a problem, whether it was a type of makeup they were trying, whether all sorts of things, I would I be like my little group's village elder. <laughs> <Dr. Alex. laughs> 
I think that's so <laughs> revealing about your your um, personality and and I know. and how you've always been actually. Yeah, that's always been that way, and so. Um, so it kind of had a whole bunch of friends and family members asking questions now that I'd been digging into all this stuff and that's how the blog came to be. And I remember wanting to name it something and, um, and you know, I was toying with a whole bunch of ideas and all of those zero this, no that, quitting this, um, non this, like I didn't like the negativity of all of those things, but more than that, um, and it's absolutely no offence to anyone who names their businesses that, it's all about personal resonance in things. And um, and the other thing I didn't like was the idea that um, I might be planting a seed that there's a perfect way to do things if I used words like that. And I know from my own experience of trying to make, to do best, you know, to just do my best each day and, um, and approach things with curiosity rather than a sense of deprivation and this has to go and I've got to get rid of that. Um, I wanted a, a, a phrase that would encapsulate that idea. And so um, so many brainstorms later came up with Lotox and Googled the crap out of it for hours and it wasn't anywhere. And uh, I was like, great, that's it. And I'll call it Alex Stewart Lotox Living. And... Um, uh, and for now, for people to say, look, I'm not, you know, I'm just starting to be low tox or, you know, for people to name um, their businesses, you know, with the words low tox in it, um, low tox life or living are obviously trademarked internationally. But, um, you know, for other people to be using just that little phrase low tox in so many different ways and to refer to it as a way of being is mind blowing. Yeah. That's actually quite crazy. Um, and a lot of people don't know me who use the term, so yeah, which yeah. is even crazier. That means it's it's really spread beyond our community. Yeah. yeah, that that's when you know you're onto a really big idea. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I remember when um, early on when we first met, it was definitely one of the things that um, sort of uh, kind of came alive to me in my when you were explaining what your um, angle is, you know, that it's, it is not detoxing. It is no. not getting rid of, it is embracing, um, embracing change gently, but also the, um, you know, lowering your tox. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I mean, because you're going to walk in front of a car in the city and like, you know, have a great whack of exhaust in yeah. your face. Like you can't be non-toxic. It's actually yeah. not possible. Or if somebody is so generous as to cook you a meal and hand it to you um, wrapped in plastic, well, bless them, I'll eat it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I always say we do what we do most of the time so we can go with the flow some of the time. Mm. Always. Yeah. 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 Um, one, of the, one of the really powerful things in um, the book um, is you introduce yourself as this young woman, um, you know, with a daily life that I think many of us um, can recognise in ourselves um, now um, and just like most of us you know you surrounded yourself with um, perfume products you ate and drank foods um, lot with lots of um, you know e-numbers and synthesized lab ingredients and you were con you know you talk about um, needing to take medication constantly for headaches I think it's a really interesting one um, has it been a significant exercise for you I mean that that's just one story that I know lots of people who've read the book have really just uh, uh, understood, thought, yep, she gets me, I am I am 
uh, I'm on board, I can do this gently. Has, has that process of putting down these ideas and these stories and these, um, these suggestions for gentle change, has it been a significant exercise for you personally um, in, in writing Low Talks um, Life or has it just been a very natural sort of extra outworking um, outside of your um, online courses? Both. <laughs> um, yeah, I know. Wow, there's a lot there. So I think I share so openly about the challenges, struggles or where I've come from because if we don't, and, and because, actually because in the health space there is very little of that, what we see on Instagram or even in the sustainability space, we, it is, there is so much room for disastrous amounts of comparisonitis yeah. where we feel hideously inadequate and we feel like, uh, there is absolutely no way we could ever be like that person. And so, you know, that's just not, not me. And, you know, it's kind of like activists, the old, yeah. like, visualisation of what an activist is. I remember, you know, it's the swinging off the boats in the Pacific situation. And I thought, wow, that's not me. I can't, so I guess I can't be an activist. But an activist by nature is someone who drums up positive change um, against the status quo or, you know, when they see injustice. And actually that is what I'm doing by definition mm-hmm. now. And so we can redefine things. And I think, um, you know, what healthy looks like. I remember right when I first started the business, because um, I've, I've just never been a particularly skinny person, um, uh, except for when, I, ironically, around that 26-year-old bartending phase where I had the worst lifestyle possible. Mm-hmm. Um but um, but I changed the idea that um, skinniness was the look of health um, in a little tile that I did up and it was um, the conversation isn't about skinniness, it's about wellness and that's a really great conversation to have. And, uh, and I think about that all the time. I think about how can I help people not feel like they can't identify with doing better by ourselves and by our planet on some level every day of our lives. It's it's a real mission, and I don't know that I've actually answered your question. Oh look, I, no. But... I, look, I find that so interesting, though. The idea that um, I, I mean, I can absolutely relate. I I, I visual. I I know activists that I respect, um, and I can admire, and I um, you know, and I want to follow to some extent. But they live such an extreme life um, that I can't um, up and move my family from um, a major city and live. You live in that incredibly organic way, not without major other um, negative impacts. Um, uh, you know, there's all the all sorts of things where I think, oh, yeah, I, I really should quit all of this in our family or quit all of that. <laughs> but there's something um, absolutely um, inspiring and incredibly strong. I think that you embody and that I that I like to become more um, more like, and that is that the the sort of radical activism in a very um, everyday life, um, yeah. living, um, living the way we, you know, in a, in a very sort of relatively everyday way, um, with everyday struggles, um, and just trying to make small changes that add up to a life of big changes. That's right. So for the person starting today, um, who is like that, um, younger you, the person that we, that you're describing, um, you know, uh, living a relatively unhealthy lifestyle um the person saying today instead of really having to dig for information as you did you know over a decade ago uh, now we're being um we're saturated with information we can find it relatively easily what does the person starting just today day one do to not be paralyzed by fear 
with sort of everything we need to do to be healthy and live in a healthy environment. How do we how do we actually start? Yeah. So right at the start of the book, that's why I I spent a couple of pages talking about positive change and how um, how if we do change right, we can really actively propel ourselves forward and feel like we want to be there and we totally understand why we're there. A lot of people in our guru culture see something, whether it's a diet protocol, whether it's a, a zero waste blogger, where, you know, all those sorts of things and think, right, I'm going to jump on the bandwagon. I'm going to buy all the things I need to buy. I'm going to prep myself and, and then wonder why we like just fall in a heap after a week, feeling a bit ashamed, feeling a bit guilty that we didn't do it right and, and back to square one we go, right? And it's so common. I've been there myself. So um, I think the number one thing for me when someone, you know, let's just say someone completely new gets gifted Lotox Life as a book, reads it cover to cover and kind of has a moment of seizure kind of going, whoa, <laughs> yeah. there is a lot to do. Um, I would say step back. Take a deep breath, maybe make a cup of tea. That seems to usually fix things. And um, and for the first time ever, perhaps actually consider what you might resonate with the most out of all the messages. And you know what the book's like, so we open it up. You can literally choose your own adventure on any of it. It's it's very guide-like. Um, and I would say think about all of all the topics, of all the things you read, which one kind of stirred something in your tummy that made you think, oh, that sounds really interesting or, gee, I'd love to have a go at that. You know, it may even be the chocolate pudding with gooey bits um, because you've been told you have to go gluten-free by your um, doctor or your naturopath. (laughs) Chocolate is a brilliant (laughs) gateway drug. Um, You know, so and you think, okay, actually I'm going to be able to do gluten-free. This will be fine. And, um, uh, you know, or maybe it's the, the plastic bag, and which was my personal um, example. And uh, even though, you know, we, we are finally nearly on our way to a full ban, except for you, Coles, looking at you. Um, and, uh, and, and just think, oh, wow, a bit of healthy discipline. I've never approached it that way. What could I challenge myself on? Maybe I could say no cup, no coffee on my way to work where I normally would say, oh, I forgot, so just this once. And, you know, it's really important that we choose the things that resonate with us in the game of change rather than thinking we have to do it because so-and-so told us. And do you think that that helps shift the burden of feeling like we should do so many things oh, or not 100%. to do so many things yeah. to wanting to? Absolutely. I mean, that, presumably the underlying um, sort of requirement for long-term change. Yes. We, it actually is essential to long-term habit change to move from I should versus um, the much more um, beneficial I want to. And a great example is when I had to go gluten-free many years ago Um, and I remember, you know, she said, basically, just look for wheat, barley, oats, rye on the packaging. And I was like, okay, sweet, I can do that. But little did I know that I also needed to look for hydrolyzed proteins and natural flavor and all these other things that wheat or any of the gluten um, could be disguised as. And then that made me look at, well, if I don't know what those mean, then what does all this other stuff mean? And so I was looking at, you know, my favorite, cherry ripe, back in the day, and um, and thinking, whoa, this is crazy. What is in this stuff? I never even realized. 
And, and so, is that, is that the process that got you um, really studying labels? Yes, it did. And but I guess the most important thing is, and to the point of the conver- uh, the um, last question, mm-hmm. is the the way that I then went, whoa! So where is this from? Who made this? How did they make it? What kind of company are they? Do I actually have the same values as that company? The way mm-hmm. my mum and dad brought me up, and I realised how different. Um, my values were to the whole structure of that candy bar and so for the very first time in my life if if you know we're at a candy bar in a movies I would look at a cherry ripe and go as if I would rather than oh no I shouldn't and you know moving from that is an incredibly empowering freeing thing because you actually just don't want it you wouldn't dream of eating something like that it's really powerful and did that happen with other products for you to the same degree in the same way? Did that sort of roll out through your life, with, it, you know, when it came to personal care um, and, you know, um, things you have in your home? Exactly right. So it really became so clear once each time I researched something, it became instead of, uh, oh, but I love the way that thing smells as if I'd touch something with phthalates in it if I possibly could avoid it, you know, and each yeah. thing just was like that or tooth floss, you know, oh, but the Oral-B's cheaper um, than this natural one. Well, the Oral-B's coated in Teflon, so it's a no-brainer. I'm going to choose the natural one. And, um, and like, here's a tip, just break off a tiny bit less tooth floss and then it's cost neutral. Just every single product, it was like that. And it became so easy to change because for the first time in my life, I actually investigated what was in stuff. And, and do people who um, contact you through um, your blog or through all the many other ways that people contact you, is it do people have different stories? They're coming from different angles. I mean, for me, it's not um, going gluten-free. It's for me, it's... I get a headache every time I'm in a, in a perfume counter. Mm. You know, I like the idea of wearing perfumes regularly, but I can't do it because I get a headache and yeah. it's just yeah. not, I, you know, I'm allergic. <laughs> I feel like, you know, I'm not somebody who is allergic to a lot of things, but to me um, those perfume counters just make me want to run a mile and I can't stand it if my husband's wearing a um, conventional you know, fragrance or something like that. Um, that's that's my access point to mm. everything you talk about, actually. I mean, also environmental issues. But um, do people have, you know, we come from weird and interesting different angles? Is it, or is it, um, do you find yourself talking to people about first, you know, one topic and then it sort of spreads to others? Is that how it works, do you think? Uh, well, I think it's both. So quite often people find me through the gluten-free recipes, mm-hmm. um, I guess because I'm a half Frenchie who had to quit gluten. Uh, there was absolutely no way I was going to do that without a hideous amount of deliciousness involved um, <laughs> in replacement. Um, and so it really meant I had to learn how to cook. And, you know, I've been doing all these beautiful talks with lovely audiences around Queensland this week. And um, and everyone is shocked that I could not roast a chicken at the age of 30. I just thought it was something miraculous that Char Grilled Charlie's knew how to do that I was never <laughs> going to know how to do. But because so many of those things have um, gluten dust in their flavour dusts, mm. I had to actually learn how to do things myself. And um, and so I guess a lot of people find me through the food first was is because, you know, we have over 350 recipes on the blog now. But second was then through the Go Low Tox e-course, which started back in 2014. 
And, uh, and I have, you know, when you um, apply to join a Facebook group, you have like questions. And one of the questions I put there is what attracted you to doing the course. So it really gives me a great idea of where people are at and why they're joining um, and why they're interested in reducing environmental toxins in their day to day. And we get a whole range. So there are a lot of people who are cancer survivors yeah. who want to just clean everything up and, um, and learn uh, you know, exactly what to change to. We get a lot of parents who've got young kids mm-hmm. who are then, wow, I want to do right by my kids. It seems like every second kid has eczema today, and that's true. Um, and I, I just want to make sure that I support my child to thrive as best they can. And then we get a whole bunch of people who feel like they might be doing the right thing on the naturals front, but just want to make sure they're not being... Um, greenwashed I call it uh, because yep. you know you can whack a planet on the front of a label but still use petroleum based colours and synthetic fragrances these days thanks to our lax um, labelling here in Australia and over in the US as well um, so yeah from a lot of places I think I think a lot of people also crave finding people like them um, yep. you know they might have had a little light go off in their own lives and just be thinking I just want to be a part of a community where other people think this way because then that'll make me feel less alone or less like a hippie crackpot yeah. <laughs> which a lot of people feel like yeah it was interesting when you talked about you know parents of young children and cancer survivors those things are life-changing moments right if anyone who has a child first child life-changing moment mm. you, you it happened with you you started worrying about what you'd put on your um, son's skin. Um, and, and of course, so cancer survival is a life-changing um, process. But mm. um, I think that's interesting that, that if those sort of moments that make people stop and take stock um, of how they're living. Mm. Um, but obviously this um, awareness is not just for people going through life-changing moments. No, um, it's not. Right, no. that everybody's talking about it now. Yeah, so exactly. Um, one of the other things that I think it's fair to say is a big social phenomenon at the moment um, is, uh, you know, obviously a new wave of feminism and recognition of the power of women in making change. Mm. And I think um, I've been hearing a fair bit about the, you know, this a bit of an elevation and perhaps newfound respect that women are demanding even in the domestic sphere in, um, and, you know, let alone public spheres, of course, as well. Why do you think women are such powerful agents for change right now in terms of the stuff that you talk about in Low Tux Life? Um, I think it's for a couple of reasons. I do believe that biologically women are wired to care about their family um, mm. in a way that um, is more multifocused than the male wiring of got to provide, got to produce and 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 just got to do do do, um, and that's of course a generalisation. Um, but I do see it in the community. The women are the ones who are still the majority shoppers in the family. They're still the majority um, looking after their children's healthcare. They're still the majority um, across all of those aspects of the home: organising, cooking. Uh, you know, yes, we're making uh, inroads with equality, but. It, it's 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 still wired in us to just have our finger in every single possible piece of the family pie. I guess there's a I guess there's a question um, about that being controversial about what the wiring is, whether it's socially mm. socially wired. It, exactly. Or, how do we that. figure out how much of it is social and how much of it is biological? Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. Um, but but if you set that aside, 
uh, your audience is often um, made up of women, right? Aren't they? And they're they're making the decisions for their households. Is that, is that, that right? That's right. So we've had three thousand people through Golo Talks, one of our courses, and ten of them have been men. So right. it's a really big majority women. Um, and I love that guys do the course sometimes as well. I think you know it'd be amazing to see more. And I'm starting to see yeah. more husbands coming to the talk, more partners, more brothers, more dads. Um, I actually gave the very first book talk I gave was at the Sydney uh, Mechanics School of Arts and I didn't know what to expect. I wasn't particularly familiar with it, but now I know it's Australia's oldest educational facility and mm. um, and it was just wonderful. And, and they have quite a strong uh, pensioner audience and there they were, 50% men. It was the highest amount of guys I'd ever seen at one of my talks. Not your normal demographic. I know, in the older demographic. And not only that, they really cared and they were like, I'm here for my grandkids and good on you, love. You know, it's great that you're doing this. And I was just so heartwarmed by the fact that the older generation is actually um, more half-half than our 28 to 30, to 45s. It was really cool. So really? here's to more guys becoming part of the conversation. But I think because um, whether, as you say, culturally or biologically, um, it is that way, for now, women are the ones who are the ones talking in the schoolyard more and, oh, I'm buying this because of my Johnny's eczema. Oh, my little Madeline's got eczema. So what are you using? Oh, you did this course? Okay, I'll go do that course. And, and that's kind of how, how it goes. But I will say, just because we're talking on the, um, the equality issue, if we could all just say the future is equality, not the future is female, that would be really <laughs> useful to the movement. The yeah. <laughs> so what is the future for um, Lotox Life and You? What do you hope um, to do in the next couple of years? Gosh, uh, so lots of plans. No <laughs> um, <laughs> it was so funny, just for anyone out there, um, and Jane, you know this, but literally when I received the book, I called you, Jane, and you'll remember this. I'll be like, so is it weird that now I've got it and it's done? I'm already thinking about what to write next. And it's you were like, no, that's really normal. conventional. <laughs> <laughs> lots of authors do the same thing. They're like, I've got this idea for another one. Like, Hold your horses. Just enjoy the ride for a little while. Yeah, yeah. And I'm so glad um, that you gave me that wise advice to just sit in the moment because this book deserves so much energy and um, and so many great conversations. And I'm really, really loving that now that that's um, that's all happening and I'm touring around and chatting to people. Um, So yes, I would like to write another book, and I won't sort of share what I've got an idea on yet. Um, But uh, it's quite big picture thinking. And I would also like to um, harness the power of my community now that we're a much bigger size in some uh, chemicals activism in a beautiful, gentle way. Um, I'd like to see Australia ditch the microbead. You know, New Zealand's done it. America's done it. We can do it too. And that's going to be something I'm going to focus us on for the second half of the year. Uh, and uh, and then a lot more work around food additives again. I, I still cannot believe that our children eat uh, what they eat on um, the wide scale of Australian uh, food. Uh, and internationally, it's the same in, um, in most countries. Uh, you know, there's liquid chocolate shakes that get approved for a canteen meal, but then you can't make hummus and a couple of carrot sticks available to the children. You know, that to me is just mind-boggling um, that we would think the chocolate drink is 
is um is what we should be selling with a green light in our canteen food. So I mean, there's just so much um, work to do. So I'm just going to pick a couple and um, and empower the community to act and and put together a bit of a campaign. So I'm excited about those. And then big big picture, um, gosh, you know, I think I think it's. It's just such a lovely, organic, big, growing family that I would just like for it to be lovely and big and organic. And I don't think anything needs to be pushed particularly, but more to, I guess, as a um, as a business owner and a movement leader, to keep focused on helping people make change a really positive part of their lives rather than a negative, guilt-fueled part of their lives, which I see it has been in the past and is so much still today. Um, so that we can really realise that in our very own little ways, while the work of the big extreme activist actions is absolutely 100% necessary, so is our own daily work in our own daily lives. And uh, and I just want people to stop feeling guilty if they live in a city and think they're not doing enough if they don't move to the country or, you know, I just I just want to just keep chipping away at this guilt um, that I see everywhere and um, and just focus everybody way more on positivity so you'll just you'll just see more of the same really but Fantastic. you know and yeah look I think anybody who has encountered you in person at one of your talks or through the book or through um, one of your courses or through Facebook or whatever it is um, will I think everybody would agree that that positivity that keeping that positive spirit alive that you talked about that's what you embody Alex and um and we all can't wait to see what comes next. Yay. And probably that's a really sort of natural place to um, to finish up. Um, it's been absolutely delightful having this chat with you. And thank you for introducing me to the world of podcasts, to having a go at it. Um, I love <laughs> You're a natural, Jane. Way. <laughs> it actually just feels a bit like many of the phone calls we've had. <laughs> yeah, the- exactly. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, hopefully some other people listening too. Yeah, um, I, I bet there are. Thanks so much for coming on the show to interview me. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that chat. And now it's time for me to answer the questions that came through on the survey through the newsletter. If you're not a member of our newsletter already, please do jump on and join us there. The reason it's such a good thing for you to just get in your inbox every every week is that so many people say, oh, I didn't know you were speaking at XYZ or I didn't even know this course existed or I didn't know you had a recipe for XYZ. And really, it just means that every week you get a summary of everything that's happening, coming near you, out, launched, available, um, new stuff on the blog, uh, which we're very excited to be getting back to um, writing on far more often now that... um, now that we're back into the swing of things in the office. And uh, yeah, like it's just really important. So I've popped the newsletter sign up in the show notes today because I um, I just hate disappointing people. And I hate it when people don't know that I gave a talk in their town. Someone from three people actually this week were like, you were in Toowoomba? I can't believe I missed you. You know, because I do sometimes go some 
some places that are a bit off the beaten track and uh, and it's um, it just breaks my heart because I won't be back there very often, right? So please do join us on the newsletter. It just means you know what's happening. And that goes for overseas as well because I'm headed to Europe um, at the end of next month. Um, also going to New York. I'm not sure if I'm going to be putting on an event there, but um, who knows? There's A lot can happen in six weeks, right? Um, I know I'll be uh, giving a little talk at my friend's cafe in Pennsylvania, hopefully. So um, that's going to be fun too in the little town of Easton. If you live in Easton, for whatever reason that might be, um, that you're listening to this show right now, then head to Tucker's Silk Mill. My beautiful Australian friends, Jason and Mel, own that um, cafe and it's just wonderful. They're such good people. Anyway. Oh my gosh, I'm tangenting like there's no tomorrow. Let's get back to these questions, hey, because there's a few to answer. So is there anything that you're finding challenging right now about leading a low-tox life is the first question. Um, Yes, absolutely. And you know, I think for me that mind chapter was almost a chapter that I wrote in the book for um, self-protection and preservation. I think it's so important to um, remind ourselves, uh, you know, my words are sometimes my greatest teacher when I feel called to write about something. Often it's either because I've been thinking about something a lot, or I've had an epiphany about how to help people, or I've had an epiphany about the help I need. And so I'm working on sorting that out. And, um, for me, my greatest issue is, uh, really protecting my downtime. I could give and write question, answer emails, you know, for the first time ever, now that um, our inbox gets over 50 to 100 emails a day, I have actually decided that I just cannot answer personal emails anymore. It's just, it's too big. It's why we have the courses. It's why we have the show. It's why we try and produce everything in a way that everybody can access um, information uh, and, uh, and, when, and when you need it. And, uh, and that was a huge step for me. But, you know, I often work 60-hour weeks and that's not healthy. And, you know, that low-tox mind is a really important part of the overall piece of the puzzle. And I constantly struggle with the change I want to affect in the world and the capacity for one, people to work, one person to work. So that's when I need to be a smarter person, working smarter, not necessarily for longer hours, um, being smarter in my business. So having it generate enough money to help me grow the team to then ensure that I'm not the only one where the buck stops with me on everything that we need to press publish on. Um, And I was just talking to beautiful Steph, the naturopath on our team about that yesterday. So yes, that's my most challenging thing in leading a low-tox life, the downtime aspect Um, and knowing how important that is for um, health and well-being and ensuring that I'm um, kind to myself as well as being kind and generous to everyone else. Um, so yeah, that's, you know, everyone's struggling all the time in one way. There's always something that is out of balance. And I think, you know, my beautiful friend, Emma Isaacs, who wrote the book, Winging It, so gloriously, um, and unashamedly states that she doesn't believe in work-life balance. And, and I don't either. I think, you know, my work gives me a huge amount of energy And when you need to achieve something big, you need to work really, really hard. Uh, But I do also respect that there needs to be ebbs and flows. And when you do have a bit of downtime to seize that, claim it and refill your cup so that you can get back out there again when there is something big you want to work on. Next question. 
Um, I find trying to reduce the external toxic load, i.e. air fresheners in public spaces, a huge challenge right now. Absolutely. That is a challenge. Look, there are a few things we can do that, you know, I'm a huge believer in the fact that we do what we do most of the time to be able to go with the flow some of the time. So if you have to go to the loo and you happen to be in a big shopping center and they happen to have one of those air freshener things that goes off every five minutes, you know, all that great work you're doing at home is great. Don't forget that. And, you know, we're not going to be able to control our external environment to the nth degree. But, uh, you know, in the downloadable resources that we have on the website, um, they're all free in the downloadables um, section. So go to the homepage, lotoxlife.com, and you see a bar that then takes you to the downloadables on the home from the homepage. Um, On there, we have a synthetic fragrance letter, like an example letter with research to suggest um, the most current research that we could find around synthetic fragrances and harm to people. Uh, And, um, you know, maybe start a conversation. If you're thinking, no, that's not enough, I actually want to do something about this, then start a conversation with local shopping centres, write that letter in your own words, you know, we've provided that as a guide. And, um, and get a conversation going. And then maybe one in every 10 people is going to actually reply and say, thanks so much. And we're going to change that. You know, I really appreciate you, um, having some ideas about how we could do that. So, um, while I don't want to resign us to not trying, um, to affect our public spaces at the same time, I do want to acknowledge that when we are doing a great job with everything we're doing at home, that that can be something well worth recognizing as enough for now. And, um, and that our, our human bodies can detox quite well once we get them into tip-top shape. And, uh, and the odd amount of exposure here and there um, is most often for the average person going to be able to be fended off by our wonderful detoxification systems. Um, and if you're immunocompromised or if you have chemical sensitivity, then just be really mindful. You know, maybe don't drink so much water if you know you're just about to spend three hours in a shopping center so you don't have to use the public restroom. Um, little kind of strategies like that that mean you can kind of um, think to yourself, no, I'll drink a bucket load of water when I'm back home and, you know, that way when I need to pee, I don't have to be assaulted by the synthetic air and things like that. Um, but I definitely think if you shop in a farmer's market or if you get your deliveries online and you spend a lot of time fresh outdoors rather than shopping centres, um, then, you know, that's going to mitigate a lot of that exposure in public places anyway. Uh, next question is heaps of negative comments coming from my teenage sons, but I don't let it change my habits. It's just hard to change theirs. Absolutely. It is. Uh, teenagers can be really tough. Um, you know, they can all be spraying those horrific impulses and links and all those sorts of things. And, um, and they're incredibly toxic. And I think, um, What's really important is that we help them join the dots uh, with documentaries, um, with uh, things that appeal to them. So let's just say your teenage son loves surfing and you think the way around to their um, personal care stuff is by first thinking about the environment and how much 
excess packaging all of this stuff comes in or, you know, all that junk food is packaged with this and that and it ends up in the oceans, then maybe appeal to them from an environmental perspective first and let them then start to raise some awareness for themselves around how much stuff is packaged and how, how many things aren't recyclable and how many things end up in the ocean. You know, I think it's really important for us to think about their pain points. Um, and if you've got a teenage son who's, you know, got a crush on a girl at the moment, like why not teach them how to make some beautiful little essential oil perfume roll-on to gift that girl? Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, like, there are some creative ways to get around this, but I love that this person has said, I don't let it change my habits. The best thing we can all do all the time is be the change um, and, you know, change what we can around the home. So obviously you're changing what you're cleaning with, what you're doing their clothes with and reducing their toxins almost um, as a as a byproduct of your changes in shopping um, hugely, even if it means they buy you know, one of those yucky um, fragrance sprays um, and, and things like that. It, you're still making a great change with the bath products and, and the cleaning products and the laundry products and and um, and those sorts of things. So honour that and be proud of that and, you know, work with the bookends of the day when it comes to meals, as um, the gorgeous Jude Blarot says, breakfast and dinner when they're at home. Um, those are the most important ones that we can affect change in. So, um, you know, I think it, 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 they are tough, um, but if we work with their goals, so if you're trying to change the food that they're eating, think about their sporting goals, think about their um, academic goals and say, you know, it's just that I really want to support you with the goals that you have. That's why I'm wanting to change the way we eat these sorts of um, foods and move away from that package stuff so much, sweetie, because, you know, you're not going to achieve peak performance if you keep eating Mars bars for lunch, you know, that kind of stuff. And it, it, so it's not me trying to be a, a mean mum. It's actually me trying to help support the goals that you have to be a forward next year in the, in the top team at school or to be um, selected for regionals in tennis or, you know, whatever it might be. I think achieving goals that they have, like maybe there's a sore point around their skin and you're like, honey, it's not because I'm trying to be mean here. It's because I know you feel self-conscious about how your skin looks and I want to help us both learn together the best way forward to make sure you don't have um, an issue with acne anymore. You know, like so working with teenage goals, really trying to find out what they want um, and working low-tox goals into matching their goals is very, very effective um, if we bring a bit of patience to the party. Okay, next question. Um, is there evidence on Morena's IUDs from a low-tox point of view? There is quite a bit. Uh, I have a fantastic interview with um, Francesca Naish on natural contraception, and we also talked about the effects of um, synthetic contraception in that show. So um, head back to the show that I did with Francesca because it is a fantastic fantastic chat uh, and, uh, and yeah just so so much information so that's show 66 um, but also I would follow on Instagram Dr. Jolene Brighton B-R-I-G-H-T-E-N uh, she's fantastic and uh, she 
always shares such a huge wealth of information. And as you know, I'm not a, a medical professional, so I really like to hand it over to the professionals when discussing the ins and outs of these sorts of things. So go follow Dr. Jolene Brighton and listen to show 66, and you should definitely be able to move forward with um, a bit more awareness around um, your contraceptive choices. Next question. I'm interested uh, in, oh, I'm new to your movement one week in. Oh my gosh, amazing. And really just don't know where to start. I've ordered your book. So that's obviously going to help when that arrives. But any place on your blog that you can recommend as a starting point. Whoever you are who sent in this question, thank you, because we were literally just planning a strategy meeting as the little team that we are next Tuesday. And I popped on there based on you having asked this question that we really, really, really need a start here blog post that then links to some of the top and most basic get started principles of leading a low tox life. But the good news is for you, given you've ordered the book, that that is going to give you the most rock solid foundation for leading a low tox life because that is essentially eight or nine years of writing in one neat and tidy guide. Um, And you have shopping lists there on what to avoid. You have what to swap when it comes to food. You have how to make DIY um, personal care cleaning products, gorgeous feasts to make for your family, uh, and wonderful meditation and sleeping tips. It's all in there. Everything is in there. So I'm glad you're getting the book because I actually feel that now that exists, it is the best place to start on leading a low-tox life. However, um, I really love that you've highlighted that we need a, a really rock-solid starting point for people who hit the website and go, ah, I don't really know where to start. So I really appreciate you asking that question and enjoy the book. Next question is on low-tox hair colouring. So um, this uh, lady has said they have very long, dark brown hair. They use, excuse me, they use gold wool. Um, She lives in Sydney, consulted with her hairdresser about the matter, but hasn't offered any healthier, less less toxic alternatives. That's a shame. Well, the good news is because you're in Sydney, you have two options. You have the blown away hair spa, which is down in San Susi, um, and you can go see the gorgeous Callie and her team. That's where I get my Naturalique blonde hair colouring done. Uh, or you can go to the Organic Hair Salon if you're an inner Westie to, um, uh, and that's in Five Dock, um, the organic, I think it's Organic Hair Studio. I'm just going to look that up on Instagram right now because that way I'm giving you, yeah, Organic Hair Studio Sydney and they're in Five Dock. So either Blown Away Hair Spa in San Susi for South Sydney peeps or um, Organic Hair Studio for Inner West peeps, that's in Five Dock. Um, and happy hair colouring and happy 100% greying, grey removing. Um, you know, some people love embracing the grey. This, this is the thing with the low-tox journey. You take the information on board and then the effect and impact and interpretation you then bring into your own life is different for everyone. And I've had so many low-toxes just decide to stop dyeing their hair altogether 
um, because they've realised that that's just not that important to them to have um, dyed hair and to cover greys. And because a lot of this is marketing and cultural as well, and I fully acknowledge that as well, but I continue to make the personal choice to dye my hair because I do genuinely like having blonde hair at this point in my life. I love it. I think it's fun for me and it, it makes me feel more myself. Um, so it's kind of, you know, I think, I think it's a very personal thing, but definitely, um, go to hair salons and this is for worldwide knowledge that use Natulique, N-A-T-U-L-I-Q-U-E, or that use Organic Colour Systems UK. Um, they're probably two of the most mainstream accessible ones. And there are a couple more creeping out on, into the market, which is great. So happy, happy hair colouring for those who want to do that. Um, okay, so uh, congrats. I love your podcast, says this lovely lady. I have listened to a couple of episodes where you mentioned the benefits of sprouts. I came across a big container the other day that I thought I could use for sprouts. Do you grow your own and where do you buy good quality sprout seeds? So we were discussing this in the Lotox Club. Um, and if you're not a member there, please, I invite you to join us. You can pay whatever you want to be a member. You can literally pay one or two US dollars a month. Uh, some people pay 10, some people pay 20 because uh, they love what um, we do. But, you know, one or two dollars is fine. You're not going to be shamed for not being one of the people who pays more per month. It's really just to help support the costs of producing all the free information that we produce and the podcasts that we produce and um, to get challenges happening, to get conversations happening. So we've done financial detoxes in there. We've done, uh, we've just done Plastic Free July and part of Plastic Free July um, and chatting to each other about some of the challenges we were experiencing was me saying, okay, as someone who needs to really um, keep my histamine levels in check uh, on my mold recovery journey. It is essential that I eat sprouts every day. And um, I'm not a natural grow your owner. I've been an apartment dweller my whole life. So we didn't grow up with veggie gardens. Um, I often feel like it's going to be really hard that I would kill everything that I would try to grow and all those sorts of inner city chick challenges mentally in terms of growing your own. But what happened in the club was when I said, I hate that I'm buying like four plastic containers a fortnight of sprouts. Um, it was really the number one source of plastic packaging in the food that I buy, ironically, for the food that I need the most in on my current um, uh, protocol. And sprouts are incredible for people who experience inflammation of any kind. They're a wonderful, wonderful dietary tool, as well as just delicious Um and nutritional powerhouses. So there's so many good things about sprouts. So in the club, back to your point, is a whole thread that I have saved um, because I'm now back from a huge spout of touring and book talks to grow my own sprouts. So you can follow my journey as I get going. But there's some really great information there on where people buy their sprout seeds and all those good things. So come join us in the club. It was a really good chat. And I'm really looking forward to growing my own sprouts because I agree um, the plastic packaging of food, whenever we can feel like, okay, I'm really comfy with the changes I've made. I feel like I'm ready to take a new thing on. 
For me right now, that is sprouts. And the next thing after that for me is going to be making my own halloumi and my own goat's cheese. So, you know, you always have to feel like you get comfy and, you know, as soon as you hit a bit of a plateau and you think, I'm ready to learn something new, that's when you make more changes. Not when you've already got five things on the go that you're trying to implement and you see a blog post that makes you think, oh, sugar, I need to add that in as well. I'm going to change that as well. Wait, you know, Uh, wait, wait, wait. Um, Okay, so willpower on that point. Uh, Willpower is my weakness. Now, I'm not sure whether this person who's who's made this comment is talking about food or talking about toxin reducing or talking about making changes. But I often find that if um, it's food-related, sometimes it can be biochemical as to why you just don't feel you can make food changes, like you crave nothing but corn chips or um, nothing but high sugar foods. Um, So much better than thinking you just need to be stronger is to actually get to some of the root causes, and there's often not just one, of why you're constantly feeling the need to make bad choices. You're not a bad person. We have to separate ourselves from the bad choices. Um, and, uh, and even then, like, let's not call them bad choices. Let's call them, um, uh, let's call them annoying choices because we know what we should be doing and it's annoying to us and frustrating to us when we don't do what we, what we really understand to be the right thing to do. So, um, number one, check your, um, check your health and check if there are any, uh, deficiencies or any gut microbiome imbalances that are causing you to not be able to control yourself in the food department, or if it's about um, willpower in regards to making better choices and better changes like um, plastic reducing or um, um, having a go at do- making your own things, uh, you know, like just have a think about whether you've researched everything you really need to research to feel like that's a big enough deal for you to act on. Because often, and I talk about this in the book, if we find that we rebound from making a good choice really quickly, often that is because we haven't um, we haven't really gotten in touch with why that's really important to change. Um, And we haven't personally connected to why it is important to make that change. So if it's around plastic reduction, the number one film I can ask you to go see when there's a screening around near you or to even organise a screening yourself is Albatross by Chris Jordan. Amazing, 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 impactful film. Um, Or Bag It if you want something a bit lighter but still like, whoa, plastic pollution, this is horrific. Um, You know, just get in touch with things that are going to really help you understand why. And then if it's around food, understand why the goals that you have around making those changes are so important to you and really sit with them and journal and get really present as to why you want to make changes. Because often then, if we're super clear on the why, then it's much easier to act than if we're just following some guru online that's telling us to do X, Y, Z. Um, It's why I hate the word guru. It's why I'm not a guru. I offer information and then people make of that information what they want to and can at different points in their life when it's needed for them so um, good luck Uh, and often it's not that you're a weak person it's just that you have um, biochemistry issues or that you just haven't done that work to figure out exactly why these changes are important to you in the first place and once you've done that I reckon you'll find a heck of a lot easier
Um, what kind of bakeware is safe specifically for muffins and loaf tins? I recently replaced mine with silicone, but now have heard that this is even toxic. Okay, silicone's not toxic, and it is very much undecided as to whether it is safe or not to heat with. Um, cool, like as in freezing baby foods and things in silicone, there is no research at all that suggests any harm caused there. But in heating, there is a bit of a question mark around whether we should be baking with it. So um, please don't let people use inflammatory language like it is toxic as a definitive statement um, when the research is unclear as to whether it may have an impact on our health or not. Because um, I tend to err on the side of caution, I don't heat anything with silicone, I don't cook with silicone, I don't use silicone um, cleaning, uh, cooking utensils, I use wood and stainless steel. Um, but I personally would head on to um, a uh, hospitality store, so a store that specialises in chef's equipment because they have a much bigger selection than your average department store is going to have in the cookware section um, because then you'll be able to find some straight stainless steel cookware. I have stainless steel quiche tins, I have stainless steel muffin tins, I have stainless steel baking trays, everything, everything, everything stainless steel. Uh, and um, while I haven't been able to find nickel-free stainless steel bakeware yet, uh, I definitely um, think that stainless steel is a great step in the right direction. And then I just use patty pan um, uh, cake tins uh, and um, parchment paper if I need it, um, if there's something really finicky that um, doesn't that I don't want to stick. But usually I just go old non-stick bake method, which is um, you butter down a dish or you olive oil down a dish if you're dairy-free, and then you dust the whole thing with flour and then you remove the excess flour um, you know, whatever flour you're using. Don't use coconut flour, though. Better to use a high-starch flour like a buckwheat or a quinoa or a sorghum or a um, tapioca or arrowroot starch. And um, once you dust that off and then you pour a baking um, mix in, uh, that is like grandma's nonstick. That is old school, no need for parchment paper nonstick. So I hope that helps. Helps. Um, looking back on when you started your low tox journey, what's the one piece of advice you wish you had been given at the time? Um, look, it's really interesting. And I always say, um, in the, all the book talks I've done is that I've written this book for my 12 years ago, me, when I had to start looking into things because I was so lost. There was so little online, um, which was kind of helpful in a way because it was a far easier, less easy to get confused because now there's too much online and every man and his dog shares a blog post with very definitive statements and very little um, research to back up claims. So it's a very confusing place online. But I guess my one piece of advice for myself starting out would have just been think girl, think and ask questions. You know, don't just assume because something is on a shelf that it. everyone has um, tested this thing extensively and said, definitely safe because that's not the case. And there are very few studies, if any, that show synergistic safety of cocktails in, cocktails of chemicals. So sometimes things might be okay on their own and then you mix them with something else and then they're not so good. So to just think and to ask questions would be the number one piece of advice. And to not buy something, which takes forever, by the way, when you're first starting out, but to not buy something until you can answer these two questions. Where is this from? How is this made? 
And then am I okay with the answer to those two questions? Because therein lies whether you will buy something or not. Um, that, you know, that is how I started to choose which meat I bought as an omnivore. It was how I started to choose um, cosmetic products and how I started to find great brands like Walida and Dr. Bronner because, you know, once you ask the questions, there are very few guys who float to the top um, with full transparency on work practices, fair trade practices, ingredient practices, research practices, ecology practices, um, you know, they're very few. So uh, I think, you know, like my one piece of advice, like if you're starting out today, buy the book. Um, no joke, like really buy the book. If you're starting out today and you want to look at your environmental toxins, do Golotox, the e-course. The, re- the whole reason I created that is because I was answering questions to one, two in the morning four years ago with every shampoo, kettle, ironing board, every everything that everyone was asking me um, on an individual basis. And that whole course is looking at everyday choices in our everyday life across everyday topics and saying, right, this is what we're moving away from. This is what we're moving towards. Here are some um, products that are going to help you do that. Um, so, you know, like you've always got to have the pioneer who does all the tough work for you. And that, that was me in this case. And I'm very happy to have been that person because I absolutely love doing this for you guys. Um, okay. What are some of the other questions? So if someone could only make one, so this is kind of similar, could only make one change to their current lifestyle. What change do you think would make the maximum amount of impact towards reducing the toxic load in their lives? Um, I think, gosh, okay, water. We drink it every day. We drink a couple of liters every day. So this is probably one of the biggest exposures we have. Um, and, uh, you know, get a really good quality water filter. We recommend the Waters Co. water filter on our shop page, lotoxlife.com forward slash shop. Um, or actually, I don't think that's exactly the link, but I'll put it in the um, show notes or just go to lotoxlife.com and click the shop tab. Um, Waters Co. are fantastic. And, uh, and, you know, we really just want to make sure the water we're drinking is mineral rich. Uh, tending towards alkaline and not got pesticides or um, uh, bacteria, chlorine, all the weirdness that is in um, most of our tap water, unfortunately. And whether or not you uh, choose to um, f- uh, be okay with fluoride in your water or not, it's something we explore in the Golotox topic and both sides. Um, and, you know, there are just as many people in the world that drink fluoridated water as don't. And I think there are reasons that each government decides whether to or whether to not. And it's a, it's one of the great um, questions of our time. Um, but uh, so that aside, I think having a really good quality um, uh, water filter is essential. And then the second thing I would recommend is just getting connected to nature. Because when we connect to nature, so much more of what is real and good and true starts to float to the top and be really obvious. When we're connected to nature, we start to see how foreign and disconnected so much of what we bring into our lives is. So I think I, I, I cheated, I gave you two, but getting barefoot in the ground, going on a forest or beach walk um, and and drinking clean water is uh, is where I land with the two most important things you could do. 
Uh, okay, so now we have um, a question around, I'm just looking, making sure I've answered them all. Logic would have said that I just went down, straight down, top to bottom, left to right, but I didn't do that, of course not. Um, cost, time, conflicting information, so much to change. Wow, there's a lot there. And hopefully I've started to answer a few of the aspects of that um, question for you, whoever popped all of those things in one little sentence. Um, But cost, you know, think about how much you use of stuff. Often we just like squeeze this huge blob of bath gel or body body gel onto our um, hand and use that. But if you switch to a bar of soap, then you can get a great low-tox soap uh, and just use it, you know, where you need it. Like a lot of us just soap, 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 soap. But really, you know, like think of that T-zone, the nether regions, the armpits. Those are the major places to soap um, or grubby little kids who've played sport, you know, a little bit more all over. But um, think about how much you use. Think about your tooth floss. Are you using this huge strand and you could use two-thirds as much and switch to a low-tox brand cost-neutral? Are you using huge amounts of um, low nutrient density foods? So lots and lots of packet snacks. Could you stop with the packet snacks or at least cut those down dramatically and then instead invest in really high nutrient density meals that get you through till the next snack instead? You know, there are so many little ways to cut costs and I'll pop a little cost cutting um, blog post that I've done on the food front in the show notes, but I have a lot of that in um, the book as well. And I think, you know, arriving at a bit of a mix of DIY plus buying products is where I've landed. I'm not a huge DIYer, but I do like to feel clever and make a few of my own things and cut costs there. Um, That has meant this whole thing has really been quite cost neutral for me. And really the added cost is in um, the quality of the veggies that I I buy. I I won't compromise on organic wherever I possibly can, unless I'm going with the flow traveling, of course, or at a friend's house, you know, I'm not going to be the one who comes in and you guys have heard me say this at talks. I'm sorry, are those carrots organic before you tuck in? Like, no. Um, But, uh, but yeah, so hopefully um, a lot of what I've answered already has helped you. Um, And on the so much to change front, yeah, sure there is, but you know, what are you most excited about changing this week? Start there. Forget everything else. Just change something you're really passionate about working on now. And that will help you feel like you're kicking goals. Um, on the conflicting information front, yes, there is a bit of conflicting information. When it comes to food, your best best, best teacher is your body. Have a listen. How does that make me feel? Do I feel energized or do I feel like I'm a bottomless pit after that and need to eat more, more, more? Or do I feel heavy, lethargic, bloated? You know, listen to yourself because we're all bio-individual, because our genes dictate how we process different um, macronutrients. Uh, You know, there is a huge amount of wisdom in just listening to our bodies. You know, while everybody out there is saying go vegan, everybody out there is saying go keto, everybody out, like go real food, just go real food. That is the number one thing you need to focus on. And then number two is have a think about how food affects you. And then there are going to be some times in your life where you may need to follow a strict protocol for healing purposes which is fine, but that doesn't mean you're sentenced to a particular way of eating for your whole life other than the real food way. And then when it comes to 
the science around environmental toxins and conflicting information, just use the precautionary principle. You know, there may not be a double-blind placebo trial on how phthalates affect unborn baby boys, but there is research to suggest that that particular group of um, society is most harmed by phthalates as are men and sperm count. So take what is there and think, you know what, I might ditch the fake fragrances if there's a little bit of a suggestion here in a few small independent studies that are starting to show that we should put up a red flag around these things rather than waiting for consensus. Um, Because if we do that, then we have what happened with lead, with mercury, with asbestos, with BPA, you know, uh, it can take us a long time to get to consensus. And I'm a big fan of the precautionary principle, not the freak out principle, no, no, but precautionary principle and looking for scientific evidence that suggests we should be cautious and finding wonderful alternatives um, instead that um, remove us from the, oh, I wonder if this is safe or not situation. Um. Okay, so what I really want is a detailed, comprehensive list of all the things that must be done in strict order and priority, as well as uninterrupted time every week to properly complete this most important task ASAP. Um, I'm wondering whether that's a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but if that person was being serious, then please join me for Go Low Tox in October. It is fantastic for people who do want neat, ordered, priority subjects uh, and checklists and things to do. Uh, um, Any of our courses are are, are like that. Um, But for the A-type in us, um, Go Low Tox is the perfect course. And then Real Food Rockstars for food is also a wonderful course if you're really wanting to demystify your food um, situation. Okay, Uh, last question is actually on my business. I'm interested to know if you did any courses or some of the main ways that you started your own business. Some of the ways you began would be great to know. And what I might actually do is provide this as a bit of an opt-in and go into a bit more detail than I can do here because I'm just conscious of how long I've been talking and answering these questions. If anyone's still listening at this point, wow, you're amazing. Thanks for sticking around. Um, so, um, but to just give you a couple of insights, number one, I started this business because I saw a pain point and challenges around confusion, people wanting to do better, people wanting to make changes, people confused by everything, people overwhelmed by everything. And I simply answered the challenges that existed around me initially with my friends, then with a very small group of strangers on the internet who have now all become friends. Um, and now with 60,000 plus people. So really, um, I'm a huge fan of if you are considering starting a business, um, really thinking about whether you're cut out for it or whether you enjoy the relaxed nature of receiving a paycheck every month or week. Um, because if you, if, if you feel anxiety around where your next dollar is going to come from and you feel like um, you're not ready to make that step, then you should stay in the job you're currently in and maybe trial a bit of a hobby business and build it up um, around what you're already doing. Um, but there is nothing wrong with working for someone. Uh, you know, I think entrepreneurialism is a very sort of fashionable thing to do and talk about. Um, but I just want to caution anyone who actually confuses not liking their current job with, oh, that must mean I need to be a business owner. There are so many wonderful low-tox businesses now that need 
passionate people in their organisations to grow with a diverse skill sets, with professional skills from industries. Um, and there's no better example of that than my wonderful assistant, Elise, who left a huge multinational um, company after doing a couple of our courses and sent me her CV and said, right, I need to um, change the way I'm working. I need to, I'm studying positive psychology and that's something I'm really passionate about, but I want to work for a company um, and if you, if you're interested in it, just so happened that my gorgeous Ingrid was going on mat leave. And so there was a position available and, um, and she's now come to work in a purpose led company. Um, and you know, there, you know, I just, I see we're hiring or this, and I find so many low tox brands find it really tricky to find passionate staff who want to join them and grow that business. So I just want to put a red flag out there while we all think we need to start our own businesses. It's not for everybody. It's really, really hard and intense sometimes and nerve wracking sometimes and being responsible for other people's income is hectic sometimes um, to, to just flag whether it might just be dissatisfaction with your current job and whether maybe working for a low-tox business of some kind might really float your boat and help you bring all that passion to an existing organisation and um, all of the um, security that working for someone brings you. But if you do want to start your own business, which is hugely rewarding and hugely amazing and exciting as well, I'd just like to mention that it's not for everyone. Um, it is, um, I mean, I didn't do any how to be a business person courses. You know, I didn't even do business studies at school and it's really one of my deep regrets and I have a creative son and, it, it, you know, whatever, I did languages and music and um, philosophy and all those sorts of creative things, but I didn't do anything grounding like business. And uh, I think if Seb is like me, which he really is a bit of a mini me, um, I will ensure that he does business studies. So there's a grounding for his creativity and he knows how to apply that creativity in, in business. Um, but luckily I have a dad who's always um, well, pretty much for his entire career had his own business. So I had a bit of support there. Um, but really for me, networking was the most important thing. You know, joining the Business Chicks, business chicks Network um, has been instrumental in my making contacts with fellow business owners, um, people who never think I'm crazy for however big my ideas might be and I nor, nor I them. Um, I think you need to surround yourself with people who are on a bit of a mission and you know, uh, want to be business owners or are business owners themselves. Um, great mentoring is really important. Um, I had a business coach who helped me define what it is that I was creating um, for a few sessions that I found really useful in the early days. And, um, and then from there, really um, just thinking about what do I need, what tool do I need or what type of person do I need to bring in um, to help me achieve this next goal I have in business. So having a really great WordPress um, support website support person, a really great designer like the gorgeous Kelly from Swish Designs who does my website who um, now who helped me finally understand, like who understood 
how helpful I wanted to be to people and designed with that in mind. Um, and then in terms of, you know, bringing on support people, outsources, um, always doing that a little bit sooner than financially seems logical because often otherwise you just crumble under the pressure of having to do everything yourself. But anyway, you know, that no, I didn't do any major courses that I can share, but I did build a strong network of fellow business people, which we all support each other with the questions that we have. Um, my pr- network of choices, business chicks, but there are many local business, um, business networking, um, possibilities around the world. Um, and then if you have goals, but you find it hard to kind of implement them and see the start of a business through, um, my, the gorgeous Julia Bickerstaff, staff who I had in the early days of the show on goal setting, um, she has the business bakery and the hundred day goal is a wonderful thing that she does three times a year uh, and that helps you basically um, achieve the goals you set out to achieve. Uh, And the other show that I might um, recommend here, let me just say, Show 22 was How to Achieve Goals with Julia Biggerstaff. And then if you didn't catch um, Dan Palmer, Holistic Holistic Decision-Making, that was show number 84, and um, and that was just fantastic on really defining for yourself whether it is you want to start a business in your own t- in your own um, in the first place. So stay tuned. I'll do a downloadable on um, on the ins and outs of um, this business uh, for anyone who might want it. Okay, so I think that is every question answered. Um, yeah, it is. Uh, Wow. Okay. Thank you so much for sending in those questions. And I hope you enjoyed this hundredth show, which is a bit off the beaten track, a bit different. And, uh, And I look forward to welcoming you to show number 101 next week. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoy having these conversations and bringing them to you. Now, where can you find me and Lotox Life from here on in? Well, you've obviously got lotoxlife.com and there we have everything beautifully organized into food, home, body and mind topics as well as kids and a whole bunch of free downloadables and resources to help you, inspire you to take community action. And there's amazing A to Z recipes there if you're ever getting a little bit stale in the kitchen and a whole bunch of articles that I've written you can also find me on Instagram at Lotox Life and also on Facebook by a page the same name I make everything super easy Lotox Life so you can find it really really simply Thank you so much to everybody who leaves a five-star review over on Stitcher or iTunes or wherever it is that you tune into the show. And also to let you know that you can join us on Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Lotox Life and come join the private Lotox Life Club. In there, over time, more and more cool stuff is about to be added. It's a place where we can continue the conversations, chat about the weekly show, you're going to get bonus Q&A and all sorts of things over time. I explain everything over on Patreon, so I encourage you to check that out. And in the meantime, I'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.